Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. Let's Get Writing is all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here is where we share the stories behind the stories and bring life to books. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and never miss an episode. You can do that at youtube.com, Katherine Taylor TV. Now, my guest this week is originally from the beautiful Annapolis Valley, Nova Scotia. And I can say that because I went to Acadia and lived there for four years. Um, but she's currently residing in Charlottetown, PEI. And she has a penchant for islands because her first book, The Blue Moth Motel, recently published by Breakwater Books here in Newfoundland and Labrador, um, began as a short story and then was written here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And I look forward to sharing her writing adventures with you and join me in welcoming Olivia Robinson to Let's Get Writing. And I'll bring her into the screen. Hi, Olivia. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And now you, um, your first book was published in late in 2021. I think I'm right in saying that. How exciting. And um, you did your BA in English at UPEI and then your master's in creative writing at Memorial University here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And now you're back again in PEI <laughs> working in the book industry which is an indie bookstore, which is so amazing to see that. So you've been island hopping very creatively. <laughs> yes, I love islands. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, didn't really notice that um, until, yeah, one of my friends uh, pointed it out to me. And uh, I've yet to visit very many tropical islands, so maybe I should uh, get on that. But <laughs> for now, I'm very happy on this island. <laughs> well, we're very happy that you spent in Newfoundland and Labrador and that we were part of the creative process and your publisher is from here, Breakwater Books. We were part of that process of your first book landing, um, you know, on bookshelves near people. Actually, I'll put, the, I'll put the image up on the screen here so people can see the cover. And there we go, the Blue Moth Motel. Yeah, it's such a gorgeous cover. I remember when uh, Rhonda, the designer at Breakwater, um, first uh, sent me the image, like the first image of the cover, and I was just blown away. I was like, I hope the book is good enough <laughs> to go in that cover because it's so perfect. So. You know, a, a cover is so important to a book, and it's nice that you would say that you had that feeling about it. And and it is, it's very intriguing. And once you know the story about this kind of a, it's a family story, and we'll, we'll get into that, but and the, the, the role that the blue moth plays in it, and you see it right there, it, it's delicate wings. And of course, we yeah. can't overlook Puss down there. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, and you can't really tell from um, like flat images of it, but the moth and the cat um, have like spot gloss on them. So they look a bit like glossy when you move the cover, uh, which also adds just another layer of depth, which I love. Um, I, ha I, I hadn't really noticed, but you're, you're right. It does give it that. It really draws you in. It's a really yeah. beautiful co cover. And uh, so let's open it. Let's turn the page and talk a little bit about um, the book. And when I first um, was speaking with you, I was, um, I asked you, like, is it, it I felt like, I, it felt so real. And I thought, is this a true story? And, and you said. <laughs> no, most of it is made up. Although a lot of um, the places are obviously um, places that I've visited. So I really um, enjoy books that have like vivid settings. So I really wanted to write um, a book where readers could really picture um, the world that the characters were living in. So um, part of the book takes place in the UK and then uh, part of it is on uh, Prince Edward Island. And then there's a brief time where they also visit Nova Scotia um, to go on a camping trip. So I kind of tried to put in uh, what I loved about all of those places into the settings. So some of those descriptions are definitely um, things I've observed from my life just of the natural world. But in terms of the storyline itself and the plot, um, that's all made up. Beautifully <laughs> done, though, because I, I, when I spoke with you and I said, you know, it felt like such a tender story. Just when I started to read it, I, I didn't want to put it down. I just kept continuing and wanting to know more about the relationships and the family dynamic because i mean family family means so many things today and nora and ingrid who are the daughters they have a, an unconventional upbringing um they're brought up by by two mothers and um so did you expect your first book and i know it started as a short story but did you expect it to explore such a kind of a tender story in such a beautiful way Oh, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely, uh, I always wanted to write a novel, but never really had um, an idea of what that novel would be. Um, but then, as you said, this started as a short story. And then um, I was in a class with Lisa Moore at Munn, and she was the one who encouraged me um, to expand it more. So it kind of um, became a novella from there and then I was able to um, expand it even more to become my thesis and then more to become <laughs> this novel so it's a story um, that has been evolving uh, over many years I think um, what was the year when I first started writing it probably 2016 I would say um, was when the kind of short story first, uh, the idea kind of came to me, but um, it has gone through many, many changes and many edits <laughs> since then. Um, thanks to my wonderful uh, editors at Breakwater, it definitely would not be uh, the story that it is without them. Um, and it's, I can't remember who said it, um, but there was a writer 
who said that kind of having one name on the cover of a book is kind of misleading because there's so many people who have gone into the book. <laughs> so even though I came up with the idea, the support um, from everyone else is what uh, helped make it happen. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad that um, this was my first novel. Yeah, and very true. It, it is very true. A book is really the work of a community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mentioned your editors and uh, one of them, uh, Claire Wilkshire, she's been on the show with her book, The Love Olympics. And I think Sue McLeod was your other editor. And uh, yes, I mean, books without editors are never the books with editors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I love Claire's short stories so much. That collection is um, wonderful. And uh, there's a lot of similarities as well between um, her writing and mine. So we uh, got along very well in the editing process, which I'm very grateful for. Mm. And let's talk about that a little bit because the short story, um, people can find that so challenging and understandably because it is short and, and, and you don't have a lot to work with. You have to, you have to create within this time frame, And that's where you were focusing. So how did it feel? And I, I'm going to ask, is that a very favorite um, genre of you to work with short stories? Yeah, I enjoy reading short stories. Um, they're very difficult to write, uh, as I've learned. <laughs> and I originally was going to write a collection of short stories for my thesis, but then um, I'd written a couple and this short story, um, which was the beginning of the Blue Moth Motel, um, was definitely the strongest kind of idea. So I decided to run with that rather than um, try to write enough short stories to make up a collection. Although I hope someday to go back to uh, writing short stories because I really enjoy the challenge of having to tell a story in um, a more concise way and how you really have to take um, care with every sentence and every word, not that you don't have to in a novel, um, because you definitely do, but I think in a short story, the stakes are higher, and mm -hmm. I'm uh, not very good at writing uh, tension. <laughs> My stories often lack tension, whereas short stories, uh, just by nature, uh, can be, um, like, tension is kind of built in because the story itself is so short, so you have to ramp up the stakes quickly or else you're not going to keep the interest of your reader. So I really admire people who can write excellent short stories and think that uh, you can really improve your craft by uh, writing short stories. So I hope to um, improve my writing and be able to write some good short stories in the future. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be watching for that. But you said, like, you, you know, you, your books don't contain a lot, well, your, your book, really, but contain a lot of tension. But your, your book contains a lot that draws you in and maybe tension of a different kind, just wanting to know how these girls are going to grow up, how are they going to resolve, you know, things like Nora not wanting to look at people when she sings or the different ways they adapt their lives um, so there are things in there. And I mean, it, too, in talking about like a queer story, a queer love story, but that, you know, is not, it's not tradition, tradition, 
in the sense that they're living. They're just living. There's not a lot of, of drama with that, but it's like an insight into a wonderful family dynamic that is not so traditional. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You talk a little more about it. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I wanted to, um, yeah, present a story um, where it was just queer people living their lives, figuring things out, um, even though uh, like coming out narratives and all of those stories are extremely important. And it's amazing the amount of um, queer books that I see on lists um, that I'm going through for the bookstore of books that are forthcoming. Um, so that's amazing to see because I, when I was younger, I can't remember uh, reading any books like that. And I kind of wanted to add a book um, to that canon, I guess, that um, just showed, wasn't necessarily um, a coming out narrative, but showed, uh, yeah, queer characters just living and um, that there's drama and tension in life that isn't always directly related to someone's queerness. There can be other, um, yeah, lots of other things on the go, which is just reality. <laughs> so I think more and more of those stories are emerging now, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I feel very lucky to have been able to um, add one to the list. <laughs> Well, there are other things that you can feel very fortunate about and we can feel very fortunate about, about but you spent um, time on Fogo Island um, as part of a writer-in-residence programs. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I stayed in the community of Tilting on Fogo Island um, before I started my master's program and at MUN, and that was kind of where um, the idea for the short story uh, first uh, well, where I first wrote the short story, I'd kind of been thinking about the idea for a little bit before then, but the uh, the writing residency with um, Tracks, which is the Tilting Recreational Society, and now they're partnered with um, Tilting Air, and there's two um, homes in the community of Tilting that artists and writers stay in over the warmer months, <laughs> um, I think like late spring to early fall. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to stay in the Reardon house, which is this wonderful white uh, clapboard, white and green clapboard house, like just plopped down in the middle of a field, like right on the edge of the ocean, just the most perfect setting. I could see whales from my little front deck and it was, just the most incredible um, summer I've had in perhaps my whole life. <laughs> um, and I was so lucky to be able to just have that time that I could devote to my writing and trying to establish a writing practice that worked for me. Um, and I think, yeah, if I hadn't have had that experience, I wouldn't have been uh, as prepared for my creative writing masters. And it just helped so much with um, everything that followed and the people that I met there were so wonderful and I get to um, at the end of every uh, season I guess so every time an artist leaves and a new one arrives 
there's a like end of season um, kind of event where the writers can read a bit of their work that they've been working on over the summer and the artists can, the visual artists can show some of what they've been working on. So I was lucky enough to take part in uh, one of those events and read a little bit of the early, very early versions of the Blue Moth Motel. So I'm very grateful to everybody who was in the audience that day to hear the very rough <laughs> first, first draft of this. Well, and speaking of which, would you share a little bit of the book with us now? And uh, and, and we'll, we'll come back to that. It's wonderful that they have these creative programs for artists in, in that FOGO is leading the way in this. And we could have many more locations in Newfoundland. Well, why don't you share a little bit of the story and uh, we'll listen for a moment. Okay. I'm going to read from close to the beginning. I think this is on page uh, 13. There are palm trees in the south of England. People plant them in their gardens and somehow they survive the winter. This is only one item on a long list of things I've learned about living in the UK, but for some reason, it's the one that surprises me most. I had never seen a real palm tree, so seeing one in the garden of a stone cottage with a thatched roof altered my idea of the place. The winters here are different too. The temperature rarely drops below freezing, and what would be considered a dusting of snow in Canada is enough to cancel schools and halt traffic here. I rent a room in a house in Lewis, a town I heard of because of Virginia Woolf. The woman who owns the house, Susan, works as a cleaner too. She helped me get the job cleaning the Airbnbs. Every evening when I return home, she is on the sofa, sofa in the kitchen with a glass of wine, watching Strictly Come Dancing or Landscape Artist of the Year. I often join her, accept the offer of a glass of white wine, and sit at the table. Susan sips her wine and slowly sinks deeper into the sofa until she drifts off. We don't know each other very well, but on the evenings when she falls asleep on the sofa, I put a blanket over her before going upstairs to my room. She looks younger and less tired when she's asleep. After leaving the doctor's office, all I want to do is sleep. But it's much too early, barely three o'clock, and the bed I'm thinking of isn't the room one in my room in Susan's house, but the one I used to share with my older sister, Nora, at the Blue Moth. There's a difference between a home and home. One is the place you return to most nights. The other is the place to which you feel an obligation. Sometimes they're the same place, but not very often. People try to forget past versions of themselves, but I like to think that pieces of who we were remain in the places we've lived, our words lingering in the fabric of the bedroom curtains. And I'll stop there. <laughs> I want you to go on. It's that feeling that I, I had. Again, I felt it as you were reading when I read that book. Just the, the way the girls grew up and and how they evolved and their grandmother and, and their mothers and, and the uniqueness of living and growing up in a motel. That's so PBI in some ways, because if you've been there in the summer, there are these motels that are kind of a little rural and not, you know, they're not the flashy places, but they are. And I think you mentioned it in your book, like the place where sometimes you go and it's unique and you feel a feeling that you don't feel elsewhere. I know, did I say that well? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to capture that for sure. Um, but also kind of show that they're just kids. So even though they are kind of growing up in this strange environment, it's kind of 
all they've known. So it's home to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that was an interesting um, setting to explore in a novel. Oh, yeah. And the pool, of course. And the moth. Yes. <laughs> the infamous moth that yep. are quite elusive. Mm. They but, are, yes. Yeah, the different things that, that, you know, I felt like when you brought the piano into that environment, it was beautiful. And I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to when there's sort of a base of music or a center around life and how, how that impacts their lives. Yeah. As yeah, as someone who I cannot play the piano and I can't sing either, so I wanted to um, give my characters uh, yeah traits and talents that I don't have, so then I could live vicariously through them <laughs> and uh, pretend I could play the piano and also sing beautifully. Um, so that was fun for me to be able to talk to um, some of my friends who can do both of those things to make sure that what I was writing uh, was accurate um, to the experience of playing an instrument and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did used to sing in choir when I was younger, but um, either I stopped because someone told me I should stop or because I wanted to stop. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I admire people who can uh, sing and play musical instruments. Um, and I think being in Newfoundland also inspired me a lot because so many people in Newfoundland are just so talented and musical. Um, yeah, so. I mean, part of the homes and the lifestyle here, for sure, absolutely. Now, I think the path to publishing for you was maybe a little unconventional because you were part of uh, Pitch Wars. And um, the, this was one, I think, it uh, was a virtual pitch war because it, it took place uh, in 2020, late in 2020. Let's tell people yeah. about that. It was hosted by the Writers' Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador, who, who do wonderful things here to support the writing community. Um, we can't begin to begin or end to talk about what they, what they do. But you went into a pitch war. Tell us all about that. Yes, it was in December of 2020. And uh, the Writers' Alliance kind of sent out an email, I think, in October, um, saying, if you're interested in participating, um, send us an email and we'll enter your name in a draw because we can only select, I think it was 10 people because there's only um, so much time for pitches. So they selected um, the 10 people and I was lucky enough to be one of those uh, randomly selected. And... It was a on Zoom event, and there was um, representatives from all of the major um, Newfoundland uh, publishers. And we got, I think, three minutes uh, to pitch. So kind of that traditional elevator pitch, how everyone says you should have um, an elevator pitch of your novel at the ready just in case. <laughs> so I prepared this elevator pitch. Um, and the manuscript, uh, as it was for my thesis, was finished, so I had a pretty close-to-done manuscript. Um, 
it just needed some edits. So I um, pitched and then all of the publishers have a chance to ask um, you a question. So then I answered um, each of their questions and then I heard back from two of the publishers uh, requesting to see the full manuscript. And then I heard back from Breakwater saying they would be interested in publishing it. And originally it was going to be for a fall 2022 release because usually um, publishers are always looking for kind of a year out from uh, or two years out from the current year. And then they just happened to have a space open up in their fall of 2021 catalog and felt that the novel could be ready by then um, with enough editing. So it was a very, very busy winter and spring of editing and um, tweaking of the novel to make sure it was as good as it can be. Um, although when I read it, sometimes when I read it aloud now, like reading parts, I will kind of leave words out or <laughs> add words in. <laughs> so I'm still like editing it, but uh, I think that's allowed. Um, but yeah, so that was a kind of definitely untraditional way, but I got my foot in the door and it did kind of, uh, fast track the process, which was incredible. Yeah. So I, what an opportunity because I mean, first of all, a little case of the nerves maybe to do a, a pitch like that. And I can imagine that you would have felt a little anxious doing it, but um, obviously you did a great job. And and here you are now published because quite often that path to publishing can be much longer. Yeah, it can take a long time. So I definitely feel um, lucky in that regard. Um, Although I don't think, because it all happened so fast, I'm not sure if it has really fully sunk in yet. Like I've done a few of these interviews now and um, some other, uh, I had a wonderful launch um, back in November of 2021 uh, here in Charlottetown at the Beaconsfield um, Historic House. Yeah, there's a picture of me signing. That was also bizarre to <laughs> sign books. And it's still strange because, uh, we stock the book at Bookmark, so every once in a while someone will just pick it up off the shelf and then they come through the checkout and I'm like, oh, this is my book, would you like me to sign it for you? Like, I still don't know how to not do that awkwardly. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of work and a lot into it. You should be very proud. There you are. The yeah. Book. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's at the launch, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I love those sparkly tapestry shoes. I don't get to wear them very often, but they're the best. <laughs> good occasion uh, to wear them for sure, because on uh, click those heels together and it was kind of a magical event. It was, yeah. It all came together. And we're so glad that Newfoundland was a part of this, Claire. And, you know, you had a good mentor, I'm sure, and Lisa Moore. She has been, you know, helped so many people and, supports the, the writing community here. So you really had a great team behind you as well as Breakwater Books and uh, and the Writers Alliance helped get you there as well. Definitely, Maybe. yeah. I don't think, yeah, I would have uh, become a writer as, uh, become a published writer as quickly as I have without um, my time in Newfoundland. So I love Newfoundland so much and hope to come back someday soon. 
Well, that's a good note to end this. Everyone will love you for that comment. And again, blue moth, no child, there's the cover, and there's puss on the cover and, and the moth. And I want to thank you so much, Olivia, for being part of the show and sharing your writing adventures with us. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, a pleasure. And folks, don't forget to uh, follow us on Facebook at Catherine Taylor Media, and also all the shows are hosted on YouTube at Catherine Taylor TV. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.